and welcome to the Lone Star Lowdown. It's Shea Holt, Ty Henson, and Corey Guidry here on November 9th, 2022. The Astros won the World Series in six games over the Philadelphia Phillies. Me and Corey are pretty excited about that. We'll be bringing you that in our Diamonds and Woods section. We'll also be previewing the Cowboys and Packers, as well as talking other NFL news. The Longhorn basketball team uh, started their season with a home game against U- the UTEP Miners opening the Moody Center in a new era of basketball. And the Texas Longhorns defeat Kansas State 34-27. to They look forward to a big matchup at home this week against TCU. We'll be breaking all of that down and more this week on the Lone Star Lowdown. Thank you for listening. And remember, we're on Instagram at the Lone Star Lowdown. On Twitter at Lone Star LD, TikTok, The Lone Star Lowdown, and make sure to check all of our video content out on YouTube. All right, welcome guys. Glad we're all together here on a fine Wednesday afternoon. Um, we're going to go right into gridiron gossip and uh, talk some NFL news and previews. Uh, big game this week for the Cowboys. They're playing in Green Bay, America's game of the week against the Packers, who are 3-6. and six. Cowboys sitting at 6-2 and two off the bye week. They are favored by five. What do you all think about this game? You get it, Ty? Or me? I mean, the, the Packers have looked terrible. I'm Aaron, scared. Aaron, Pro- Aaron Rodgers looked terrible. You said right before the show that he... Uh, his status was changed to questionable because of a thumb injury that he's been dealing with the past few weeks. Um, yeah, I said it this morning on b and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of scared just because of our past experiences with Aaron Rodgers. This team has done nothing to make me scared this year in particular. But, um, yeah, I'm probably not going to bet on it. I think the Cowboys will win. Uh, I think Ezekiel Elliott is going to be back, so the two-headed monster will be back at it. We'll see who gets more carries. I, I'm more interested in the storylines this week, like that one, you know, the Pollard versus Zeke. How does Dak look after a bye week? You know, he, he shook some rust off the past few weeks. OBJ might be signing the talks this week. Are certainly- you know, there's a, there's a lot of storylines around this team, but none really about this being a good game. Yeah, and uh, Dak Prescott has won in Lambeau Field in his career, I believe, in the regular season. Rookie year. Rookie year, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, just as a Cowboys fan, the amount of time that Aaron Rodgers has broke our hearts, It's even if he's they've lost five in a row, which is the only time in his career, I'd assume, that he's lost five in a row. I couldn't imagine that's ever happened before. So um, you can imagine they're going to play well. And yeah, uh, I'm known sometimes as being a Zeke hater, but I'm definitely happy to have Zeke back. I want Zeke you know, to be involved. You know, I like the two-headed monster, especially, you know, when it gets a little bit colder and you can kind of pound his, use his physicality. But uh, I hope to see a nice even split between those uh, two players. Yeah, I'm actually going to look up the weather in that game. That could be a huge factor in um, what I imagine is going to be yeah, a lot of running the football. Uh, Packers have a couple good running backs uh, and Aaron Jones. And uh, Dylan's still up and running, right? Yeah, so. They, you know. they, I mean, Dylan has really been a letdown this year. Uh, you know, before the year, Aaron Rodgers said that both uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dylan expect them to have over 50 carries or 50 receptions each this year yeah. had even come close to that the offenses look terrible the run games look terrible the o-line is old it, it's no receivers they just lost Dobbs. and yeah, aaron jones got banged mercedes up. lewis yeah 
is out like one of their main pass catchers out there. Aaron Jones is supposed to be back this week, but he had to exit the game with an ankle, but it was a low ankle sprain. So apparently he's going to be back this week, but he might not even be 100% for the game. couple fun facts. Mercedes Lewis is the only first-round pick to ever catch a touchdown from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, second fun fact. Sleet with a high of 37 and a low of 22. There is a 31% chance of precipitation. So does that change y'all's opinion about this game at all? Just knowing that it makes me more scared. Knowing that it's going to be a yeah, a very cold affair. I, if the Cowboys' defense wasn't so damn good, I, I would probably pick the Packers in this game, honestly. But if if it's even if it is Aaron Rodgers, I expect the Cowboys' defense to get after him. The, the Packers might go the route that we've seen this year with uh, that offensive gone against the Cowboys' defense, where they get the ball out quick. You know, don't even give Michael Parsons and that pass rush a chance to get to the quarterback. That's really the running the ball, quick screens, quick RPOs. That's the only way I can see the Packers offense having any success in this game. Yeah, and I don't remember the last time I've seen Dak play in like a really cold weather game. Uh, we know Aaron Rodgers can throw the ball in the cold weather. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, see how that thumb holds up in the cold weather, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what, so what do you all think about OBJ? You think he's going to go to the Cowboys, Chiefs? Where do, where do you think he lands when he's, once he's – Decides, you know, he's at this point. I think he's close to healthy, uh, coming on the off that ACL Terry suffered in the Super Bowl last year. The Rams, uh, he showed a, that he still can offer a lot of value at the wide receiver position. Would you like the Cowboys to sign? I would, and they are actually the favorites to get him now. But you know, I think I I believe that there's a good chance because Jerry Jones. One thing about him is he loves to draw parallels to the past. Like, he wanted CeeDee Lamb to wear number 88 because, you know, the All his story. All the Cowboys receivers, And yeah. the parallel that I think he's going to draw is, in the 90s, there is this high-caliber, high-priced free agent that just won a Super Bowl the year before with the NFC team. Deion Sanders? That's where I'm going. The Cowboys then sign him the next year on free agency to then help them win the Super I think Bowl the very next year. Though. Well, I just think, like, <laughs> it, it's different. I like the peak of his career. I'm not saying, yeah, but that I'm more just saying that Jerry likes to draw parallels to the past. And I could he see does, him having yeah. that same kind of, like, vision for Odell. Yeah, I mean, especially after they weren't able to get Brandon Cooks uh, at the trade deadline because of the money. Uh, being able to go after a guy like Odell, he's the last guy on the market that really has any star power uh i mean what other receivers out there that they could get right now that you can think of you think of any uh will fuller but i mean is he a free agent too? yeah he, he's a free agent i believe but also odell has another two, injury guy though. he has two repaired acls he does not have uh his original acl th- on either leg so it's like i'm sure will Fuller. i mean how many times has will fuller tore his acl probably i'd definitely rather odell yeah no saying i don't think we need him but what's Let's add him to see. Unless it completely throws a wrench in the entire thing, then that's the only way I can see it turning out bad. I definitely see a guy like Odell Beckham going to a uh, uh, city, you know, somewhere where there's nice weather. Like, I think a team like Green Bay really needs a guy like Odell. No He's way. not going to go there because he's, he doesn't want to play in the cold. And he wants to win. Uh, I think if he's going to go anywhere, I'm going to put my money on Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay needs some receiving options. I think there's still a lot of people who would want, love to go play with Tom Brady. Um, I don't even think they're on the top five. I don't know anything about you know who <laughs> Odell Beckham's agents are talking to. Yeah. I'm just saying. I, I think it's I think it's between the Chiefs and uh, and the Cowboys right now. I think it's, there might be one other team. 
Of uh, the Bills, maybe. Yeah, the Bills. But I do know Michael Parsons is recruiting him on Twitter. If you uh, seen that, so, so we're some some Chiefs guys. So we'll see how it plays out. We should have an answer on that maybe before the next week when we reconvene here. Um, yes. But yeah, you know, the thing that about covers Cowboys Packers. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are going to win that game. Um, I know they had some trouble with Aaron Rodgers in the past, but uh, they're playing really well, and um, they got to keep winning to stay in the divisional race. Uh, you know, hoping that eventually the Eagles drop one and the Cowboys can get that one back later on in the year. Closer, I think it's what Christmas Eve. Christmas um, Eve, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm going to pick the pa- Cowboys in that game. Um, yeah, uh, nothing really else, unless y'all want to go back to last week. I mean, there are a couple games of note, but... That you know. Tennessee game, I, I don't know how they were 14-point underdogs. Um, before the game, I said Derrick Henry and that defense will keep them in this. They always play well against the Chiefs. That didn't surprise me. Uh, what Any one game that stood out to y'all? Um... From last week? The Jets. The Jets beat the Bills. Yeah, I, I called that. I didn't say they would win, but I say they would cover the 12 and a yeah. half that they were spotted. In the NFL, if it's ever above 10 points or even close, I'm going to take the underdog. Yeah. Unless there's like a – I guess there was a backup quarterback in the Tennessee game, but they had Derrick Henry. You know, Unless it's a, the Texans with like some seventh-round undrafted guy. Even them, they covered – they were double-digit underdogs yeah, no, against, against Philadelphia. Philadelphia they, they barely did. But Also, Arizona – pretty much stinks. It might be the end of the road for Cliff Kingsbury. They lost to Seattle, who I'm really impressed with Seattle this year. They're one of my favorite teams to watch just because it seems like there's been so much like bad football being played, and you kind of pointed to like being just bad quarterback play. Well, Gino, he's he's playing pretty well. So he'll still throw, I enjoy watching him. He still throws a, maybe a pick six every two games. I think he did throw a pick last week. He, he threw a pick six, but they still won. They won by 10. The, the running game, it's old school Seattle football with that some young guys on the defense like Tariq Wooten from UTSA. Woolen. Yeah. Woolen. Big corner out there. It resembles some of the guys that used to put Richard Sherman's camp chancers that used to be out there for the Seattle defense. Um, but who, who expected that? You know, they're leading the division more than halfway through the year. And I think they still only have like a 7% chance, according to ESPN, to win the Super Bowl. Oh, to win the Super Bowl? Yeah. The, oh, fuck, it's a huge percentage. Seven? Fuck yeah, when you consider 14 teams are going to make the playoffs. No, it's, no, it's not. I mean, yeah, I, I haven't seen those probably numbers, That's the seventh best in the NFC. I think the fact that they're leading the NFC wise. West. In the NFC, that's To the, make the Super Bowl or to win? win? Okay, dude, there's 14 teams are going to make the fucking playoffs okay, that we haven't I'm even s- decided I'm yet. Saying, and they're giving Seattle, the Seahawks, a 7% chance? That's I, a huge number. No, it's not. There's seven teams in the NFC ahead of them. Just in the NFC. How can Percentage that even wise. be? Because they don't believe in them. That's what I'm saying. That's why that I brought up that number because it's so low and they're leading the best division in football or what was thought to be before the year started. Regardless of the fact that they're going to the playoffs pretty much. No. no I think they will. Let's hold off on that. Let's see how this Christian McCaffrey thing works out. And No, but think about it. They, they could be right there with Washington. And think there's both both the Giants, of the wildcard teams are going to come out of the NFC. The Giants are about to there's lose three, a few games because they stink. Do they, though? Yes. They beat Seattle. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. No, they didn't. Is that, is that, was, was that their loss? Yeah. Seattle sure? beat them in Seattle. Yes. By, like, two touchdowns. No, it wasn't by two touchdowns. There's just no okay. way. I, I bet on that game. I don't remember. I, I remember I bet. I think I bet on Seattle and they lost is why I remember. 
I still am just blown away that they have such a high chance to win the Super Bowl of seven. That's just that's just yeah. Uh, but you have to think that no team is mathematic, mathematically eliminated, so all those other teams below them still have two and three percent chances. Seattle beat the Giants they're, twenty-seven they're to thirteen. Bottom third of the league percentage-wise in the winning Super Bowl right now. I just and they smoked the Giants. I right? just. If you're What's the score? 27-13. Okay. If you cut up 100 by 32, it's what? An average of 3%? If you cut all, the whole league up? Yeah, but there's teams that have like a 25% chance to win the Super Bowl. But how could that all add up to 100? Like, I'm not a math guy. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I think there's something wrong with our numbers. Let's I not don't get think, too into I don't, it. I don't think it does add up to 100. So, I don't know how that makes sense. But. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm, I guess I just don't understand how these. I don't think it's all. I don't think it's all. Yeah, it's ES. This, once again, this also this is just an ESPN stupid fucking. Put, yeah. put your team into a playoff predictor or Super Bowl predictor or whatever. The Longhorns had like a 45% chance to make the playoffs until they lost to Oklahoma State. I told you that. The ESPN playoff predictor. Um, but yeah, let's move on. Colts hired Jeff Saturday. Sam Ellinger, our, our boy, our quarterback, not really getting the the best chance. I mean, he's getting his chance, but he's, they're not doing much for him. They they fired their offense coordinator last week. They're, the guy that's going to be calling plays this week is a 30-year-old quality Offensive quality control guy that has never called plays in his life. Uh, Frank Wright got fired, obviously. That's why Jeff Saturday. What is he? Good Morning Football's host. I don't even know. He was. He a, I, I see him every morning in the, in the at the horn when I'm watching one of the TVs in the studio. And he's and I, I, think, I was like, yeah, he's I thought it was guy. a joke when I when I saw that headline. I was like, something's wrong here. Obviously, he was a center for the Colts for a long time. But I don't who, think you can't just hire a guy in the middle of the season off ESPN. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, Colts legend, you know, um, this long time, you know, people who don't know who Jeff Saturday is, long time center uh, during the Peyton Manning administration in Indianapolis. And, uh, you know, uh, great offensive lineman. You, know, you can make a Hall of Fame uh, argument for him. A great center. Uh, but, yeah, he, had, I guess, coached maybe a little bit of high school football or something. I, I saw that a lot. He had a losing record and at, like, some Catholic his kid, his, school. His kids might suck. I mean, you know, you still got to have the players to go out there and win. So, I don't know. The Colts don't. Well, the, the Colts <laughs> so. just, yeah, I mean, this is an interim head coach, and there was a lot of fussing um, from the media because of uh, – it was mostly stemming from uh, not – um, you know, the, the ongoing debate of their, about there not being enough minority coaches in the NFL and the fact that Jim Mercer kind of just gave Saturday the job. Well, that's why in the offseason, if they do want him to be the head coach moving forward, they'll still have to interview him as well as another uh, minority for the Rooney rule. Exactly. To, to, to work. This is an interim situation. I don't think anybody expects Jeff Saturday to be the coach next year. I think this, you know, is a dumpster fire of a season. Matt Ryan didn't work out. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor is having a terribly disappointing season. Um, there's just been a lot that's gone wrong for a team that a lot of people, you know, some people were talking Super Bowl. I picked him to win the division, so. Yeah, uh, most people did. Uh, the the uh, AFC South, I mean, I guess Tennessee is going to take it, and they were the one seed in the AFC last year. But uh, still, a lot of people thought the Colts were going to win that division. Uh, I don't think Jeff Saturday is a permanent coach. I think he's just there uh, as a placeholder um, for the fans. And, you know, hey, if they win some games, if they maybe they slip into the playoffs or somehow <laughs> win that AFC South, maybe we'll talk about it. But, I mean, the, the Raiders – uh, they didn't go forward with that interim head coach, and he made the playoffs last year. Yeah, that was my Super Bowl pick. 
Do you think Do you think this pretty much guarantees, like, especially if Jeff Saturday is not going to be the coach next year? That I think if, he's going to be the coach next year. Okay. Why would he just? Because I mean, the, I mean, what he's like, oh, I'm just going to take a few well, months off ESPN to go coach the Colts. Yeah. Like, they have to. He can just go right back to ESPN. Yeah, but he would. He probably wants to be the head coach moving forward. He wouldn't just well, take that position if they weren't just like, hey, this is for a few weeks, buddy. Come, like, he's, it's like a hard job. It's not like it's just going to be like a vacation for him. He probably wants to be a coach. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he took the opportunity because you own. There's 32 head coaching jobs. Like, if you get the chance to take it, you take it. Yeah, but that doesn't I, mean he's going to be the coach next. I year. don't think we should rule that rule out that possibility. Though. I'm not ruling it out. I just think they would have to have some sort of success that we haven't seen so far, and it's a tough situation um, given that they're already on their second quarterback, and you know, just things are things have gone wrong, and the seasons the seasons appears to be over for them. Oh. But uh, back to what's that, Corey? Back to uh, Sam Ellinger. Just want to say. They played a good game against the Washington Commanders that first week. Just got beat at the end there. And in a game they could have won if Michael Pittman makes a catch at the end of that game. And uh, last week had to play against Bill Belichick, who was just going to be able to – he was going to be able to they school that like team. like ten times. Um, so, you know, uh, he's had a tough start, but uh, it's not all his fault. I think he's done some things well. Hasn't thrown a touchdown yet, but, you know, things are cooking. Go ahead, Corey. No, he threw a touchdown last week. Oh, he did? Yeah. The three, three points they scored? No, two weeks ago. He threw a touchdown in the Washington game. Uh, I don't remember. I don't know. The point I was going to make. I'll I'll get back to you. The point I was going to make about Jeff, though, is Saturday is you very rarely see teams hire. If they fire a coach, they're going to promote someone from in-house. And I know Jeff isn't necessarily in-house, but he's like a lifetime Colts guy. So they're not going to go hire. They're also only, they're 3-5-1. and and 3-5-1, they could be still easy to make plays. Yeah. In the shittiest division in football. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But anyway, I think if they don't um, retain they play, Jeff Saturday, it pretty much means the end. They play the Raiders. They play the Raiders this week. I think they probably beat the Raiders. The Raiders know. are terrible. But it could be the end for Sam Ellinger. Basically, is the point I was trying to get at originally. No. How, he, nothing's been his fault. It doesn't matter if you bring in a new coach. He's going to want his guy. No, because they're going to er, draft because Sam guy. Ellinger is Ursay's guy, and Ursay and Jeff Saturday is Ursay's guy. Well, if he keeps like not being playing well, then I don't know how long he'll remain Ursay's guy. Depends on how long Ursay is willing to see that, uh, you know, experiment out. I think, and um, you know, the Colts could reload for next season. You know, uh, plan on going with Sam Ellinger. I um, mean, shit, they like like you said, they could still make the playoffs. I, I wonder what their chance to win the Super Bowl is. But it's but it's fucking better than two. You know, I mean, who knows. Um, all right, y'all. Uh, anything, anything left on this Jeff Saturday situation that everybody's been making a no, about? No, I, th- I think we can, unless y'all have any other games, let's just wrap up this grid- gridiron gossip here. I'm down with that. All right. Um, that'll do it, and we're going to move on to Diamonds and Wood. This is probably going to be the uh, last Diamonds and Wood for a little bit at least because, uh, well, the Astros won the World Series. I don't know if y'all heard. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's just not going to be a lot of baseball talk outside of maybe some winter meetings and some free agency. So, you know, let's get it all out here. Um, Corey, go ahead and, uh, you know, as a, as a fellow Astros fan, um, Stros winning in six. They dropped game one. Uh, they dropped, what, game, game three. three. Um, they won the rest of the games. You know, uh, 
it, it didn't, you know, they they look great. Outside of the, outside of Verlander's poor performance in Game One, giving up a five-game lead, and then the possibility of you know McCullough even be out tipping his tipping his pitches and us getting shut out in Game Three, the Strohs did look like the best team I think in that series, and I think they won it decisively. Yeah, and especially with Yuli going out, especially with Yuli going down with that knee injury, the fact that we closed it out in Game Six was nice because going to Game Seven would have really had me worried just because I think that their bats were better than ours. But what did you have? You had Jordan Alvarez tipping on faux foes in H-Town, making the big hit, the big at-bat to spring Houston to become, you know, win their second championship in franchise history. I think Jordan is going to be kind of like that David Ortiz DH of this era. I know he played in the outfield throughout this series, but that's not ideal for him. Uh, he's a fantastic hitter. Obviously, he didn't hit for great average uh, since the Mariners series, but when you needed him most in the World Series, you know, he, he hit a fucking 480-foot bomb to dead center. I've never seen anyone hit it over that batter's eye in dead center uh, since they got rid of that hill uh, in Minute Maid Park. So I don't know about you, but I went fucking nuts when that happened. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was um, the hit of the series, you know. Uh, when we needed it, we were down one run. And I believe it was the sixth inning. Bottom uh, six, yep. And, uh, yeah, he crushed that ball. Uh, Three-run blast. You know, uh, flipped the game upside down. And... Uh, um, yeah, I think the whole se- I think after the Seattle series, people were really careful pitching to him in general. Though he did go cold, um, other people did pick him up. Uh, Jeremy Pena, uh, obviously the series MVP, um, had some very quality hits throughout the series, uh, and just getting just getting on base for other guys to knock him in in very critical situations um, throughout the entire playoffs, really. And um, Great plays out there at shortstop. Um, I thought he was deserving of, of both the ALCS and the uh, MVP. Um, you know, there were some other names I could have talked about. You know, um, and shit, Framber Valdez getting the two wins. Uh, that was huge. Um, you know, there was a no hitter in the World Series, um, and you know, that was Christian Javier uh, combined no hitter with uh, three other relievers. Uh, I believe Presley, Montero, and I think maybe Abreu. Um, Abreu did not allow a run the whole series. I think he appeared in three games, didn't allow a single run. I think the entire bullpen allowed like one run in the whole like postseason. Yeah, like it was one of the best ERAs of. Like from a bullpen in World Series history, or maybe it was postseason history. I don't know. I think it was the postseason, and the other ones were like the. They were both from way back when they didn't play nearly as many games, and it was like the Reds and like you know the '70s and uh, one and like a team in Toronto from like uh, a year they didn't win the po- didn't win at all. Uh, but yeah, I mean. Uh, the World Series, obviously, uh, after 2017, uh, you know, uh, getting the this one now five years later, six years later, whatever it is, uh, two two in the last six seasons, um, it it uh, you know kind of I guess revalidates it. It kind of takes a little of the oh you know the whole all cheating. You know, we've talked ad nauseum about the cheating stuff here before, but it definitely kind of redeems them in a way. But I'll be the first to tell you that. Um, yeah, like it was so. It's so great to be a World Series champion again. All that's great, um, but yeah, the, the first one was better. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, not not trying to take anything away from this run. 
Uh, personally, I think the Astros should have won the World Series every year the last six seasons. I think we were the best fucking baseball team. And, uh, yeah, uh, between 2019, 2021 series, I think we easily could have won. We're getting there in the 2020 bullshit season. And then the only one, maybe the Red Sox were a little better than us in 2018. We should have beat the Nationals. Like, we, totally. We should have won should have that left, uh Should have left the Grinky in the game. Um but uh, yeah, and it was a great, great, great run. I felt like it was um, a long time coming. Like we, uh, yeah, like I. We're not if, done. If oh, I know, I expect us to win next year. Um, but if we hadn't won this, like I felt that it was a must-win World Series for the Strohs, especially once we got there, having swept the Mariners and the Yankees. Uh, had they not won this World Series, I would have expected them to fire Dusty Baker. I don't like Dusty Baker. I'm not a Dusty Baker fan. I don't know why you take a guy throwing a no-hitter out after the sixth inning and, and send three other pitchers out there. I don't know why that's your game. Like, like, clearly, Dusty Baker made it very clear. Like, I don't give a fuck. My guy can be throwing a no-hitter in the World Series. I'm taking him out after the sixth inning. Like, yeah, <laughs> well, the idea was to have him ready for later on. But, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Let's talk a bit about next year, though. We can talk about the young guys still under contract. Framber Valdez, what you just saw from Christian Javier, could be a quality starter next year. I do believe Verlander's still coming back, even though he's an old man. You got Alvarez locked up. I'm not sure what Bregman, Bregman's deal is looking like, but you got Pena. You got kind of a young Ford. Those guys are still in their 20s. Kyle Tucker. Tucker, bit, huge game one that we pretty much wasted, but, I mean, he still, he still hit two bombs, like... Really good, good young cores. Had a great series, in my opinion. So I think I think we have the arms, we have the bats next year. I'd like to see us improve at catcher. We got Corey Lee, who's a pretty big prospect. Um, that should you know start a lot of games for us next year. We'll see how he does uh, at the catcher position. But yeah, I'm definitely excited for next year, and I, I expect us to be uh, amongst the top favorites to win it again. Yeah, we kind of used the catcher position, kind of like the NL used to use the pitchers. You know, like we're I mean, now. Until all, every baseball game ever played in the National League until last year, uh, where you just had a pitcher batting. Uh, that's pretty much uh, Martin Maldonado or uh, Vasquez for us. Uh, I thought we were um, hurt, missing uh, Michael Brantley. That's a he. You know, he usually plays left field. Uh, would have kept um, uh, would have kept Alvarez in the DH spot because he's a minus defender, um, and Brantley Brantley's an average to above average defender in my opinion, uh, but a great professional at. Uh, professional hitter um, so if we can get him back that'd be great uh, I was really worried when Guriel went down uh, that we, we just had nothing on the back half of that batting order six through nine was just like a wasteland I mean like, Vasquez was, ended up making a big hit in that game drove in a run to make it four to one it was a deadline move that we made that you could say it was a good move at the end of the day because he did produce in that way yeah, and uh, another deadline move, Trey Mancini, he's gone. Um, they, they they cut him loose, or at least didn't pick up the option. I guess he could still come back. But uh, one for 21 in the postseason. Yeah, he sucked. Uh, just not, you know, coming in hot when he got to Houston, uh, he cooled off a lot. And, I mean, we talked about it. I knew Guriel would be at first base when push came to shove in the playoffs. But, give, you know, Mancini did make an incredible play at first base after Guriel got injured in game five, uh, yeah. which was the critical game of the series. Let's be real and about I it. And I kind of like Mancini because as a fellow cancer survivor, you know, he's a G, and the fact that he got uh, a World Series ring, even though he sucked, he made a play. He started for us in that game six, you know, so, you know, good for him. He gets to carry that with him for the rest of his career, so he's been pretty much dying on the 
Orioles who have sucked for most of his career. So, shout out to Trey. Yeah, I appreciate. Uh, I mean, he had that one big hit, and I appreciate uh, that play at first base. That was one of the biggest plays of the World Series. That that the Chaz McCormick catch in center field. Obviously, the Jordan Alvarez uh, home run. Um, you know, uh, there were some big moments. Uh, lucky it didn't go to seven. Really happy that we uh, we got it. Um, you know, I'm overjoyed. I'll be overjoyed until, you know, hopefully we can win it next year and this, this feeling will never stop. Hopefully we win it every year until the end of fucking time. Let's go. But, uh, yeah, um, Ty, uh, as you know, I know we've kind of uh, hogged this se- section of the I show. I wanted to let you have your glory. But, um, you know. Uh, coming from you know an Astro uh, from a Rangers fan perspective, what what did you think about the World Series? Um, and you know just in general, anything, any comments you have? Uh, well, honestly, I, I watched more than I, I have in years past. I usually don't watch every single game of the World Series unless my Rangers are in it. Um, especially because I you know, dislike the Astros. I won't say I hate the Astros. I am happy for y'all, and I did win some money uh, in a few of those games off the Phillies and the. Astros. Astros, but the Astros in the closer, so it's the first time when Jordan hit that home run that I let out. Of like, so you were, you were on the Astros in game six? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was hype. I was happy for y'all. Um, happy for the city of Houston, happy for Texas. And there's a lot of Astros fans here. And but uh, hey, Rangers, we're, we're coming for y'all. Y'all you know, make y'all make a lot. Y'all got a lot of cap space, or not cap space, but money to spend. Looks, it's looking like we're we're going after Kershaw. Yeah, I heard Degrom as well. Yeah, you know, Degrom's that's, on the market. That's really, I, I think this team is an outfielder too, maybe a a better a power hitting first baseman and three starting pitchers away from competing. Being being up there at least uh, at a chance at a wild card because I don't think we're going to compete with the Astros next year, but I'd like to see Mouse make it run another wild card. But uh, yeah, good for y'all. Good for me on this segment. Cool. Hell yeah. Um, Ghost Rose, um, you know, uh, we'll take a break from Diamonds and Wood going forward. Um, and we'll let y'all know if there's any big time baseball stories, but uh, it was a great season and glad that we, you know, uh, followed it along here on the Lone Star Lowdown. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I think we're going to move on to the uh, 40 Acre Dash, talk some Longhorn sports um, coming up. And uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Huge game for biggest game in Sark- Sarkeesian's career, in my eyes. Only the third night game of the year, and the, really the first one that's mattered. Uh, yeah, TCU coming to town, College of Game Day coming to town. Uh, Texas are favorites. Six point, was it six and a half points? Yeah, that's, that's huge to me. Like, that's that's well, surprising. Well, I, I think that's. <laughs> The few big storylines going into this game so far this week have been that TCU's number one linebacker out first half because of targeting last week. Um, Quentin Johnson got hurt last week. The all-world receiver he's been par- compared to the college call- uh, Calvin Johnson. Is that the uh, guy with dreads? Yeah, he went to uh, he went to Temple. Number he's one, a, I think. he's like six four, two twenty. He's he's a beast. He's, he's gonna be a first round pick next year for sure. Um, and then Gary Patterson, you know, as a special assistant at Texas. TC coming to town. It's the first time facing his old team. What is he going to do for this? Team? How can he help this defense stop this Sonny Dykes passing? Attack? Well, apparently, crushing that victory. Apparently, he won't be at the game. Like he's not going to be that no, involved. No, no, that oh, that was fake. Yes. Okay. Thank God. We need why, this motherfucker. Why? why yeah. <laughs> we need that motherfucker. I'm like, dude. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure that was fake. I'm 90 sure that was just someone like, you know, like oh, he's not coming. 
I think I saw. I, I saw that on Twitter or something. So it could, I think you sent me that. Yeah. Well, I hope you're right because I'll, we need I'll, I'll all hands on deck. But let's have. Let's talk about last week. Yeah, I was about to say. Uh, I'm all. I'm all for the biggest game of the year coming up this week against TCU. But you know, I think we do need to kind of dive into this uh, K-State victory, um, first real road victory uh, of the season. Uh, only Sarkeesian's second road win like, in conference. Or, yeah, or, I mean, I guess that'd be at all. Yeah. Um, so, no, it's, it's uh, in conference. Second big, tw- seven, second road big 12 win. Yeah, I think we decided. one and six before that. He had beat West Virginia last year, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, but, yeah, so Texas won uh, in, in Manhattan 34-27. Um, you know, they led, I believe it was 21 points at the half. It was, what, 31-10, something like that? Yes. And, uh, and then proceeded to, you know, kind of, give the game away as we saw um, that second half adjustment that's really plagued the Longhorns continues that same narrative luckily uh, the ball was uh, you know they fumbled on their last drive and we were able to recover it they actually fumbled twice on their last drive one you know once it just rolled out of bounds there were lots of balls in the ground in that football game uh, Roshan Johnson fumbled a breakaway run Tomahawk style from behind uh, got cut loose. We lost that one, and I believe we also lost an Xavier Worthy uh, fumble. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, some great games. Worthy had four receptions, 42 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, some, uh, Roshan, seven seven attempts, 62 yards, and a touchdown, minus the fumble. Bijan Robinson on 30 attempts, went for 209, a touchdown, two receptions, and 34 yards. Huge game for him. And uh, Quinn Ewers was 18 of 31 for uh, 197 and two TDs. So some decent games around. Uh, you know, uh, Tavian Sanders five receptions, 54 yards. Some decent games from you know the offensive playmakers. Uh, I thought Jalen Ford had an incredible game. He had an interception. Big 12, had, uh, Big 12 player of the week, defense player of the week. Yeah, uh, he recovered the game-winning fumble. Bronco Nagurski, I think defender, whatever, whatever. Watch this. Very weekly. He got a few yeah. awards this week. And he has been. He's, he's won those awards uh, earlier in this season as well. Uh, so he's playing at a really high level. Uh, secondary for the Horns continues to get banged up. Uh, but, you know, held strong when it mattered. Uh, you know, they, they, they didn't exactly wrap up in that game very well. But, um, you know, we did enough. And uh, one thing I noticed, we played great special teams. Like, we swarmed to the ball on kickoff, and like yeah, we had a, starters were out there. Demario and Overshawn had a few tackles, like within with within the 15 yard line on kickoff. That exactly, what I'm talking you know? about. You got You don't. I don't want those guys out there every single time running down there on kickoff, but definitely at the beginning of the game, beginning of the half, sprinkle in a few times in there because if your guy can make a tackle 10 yards before the 25 yard line, essentially starting the drive with the sack. You know, yeah, it's, it's, huge. it's huge. It's huge. It's huge. Um, so. Let's talk about our second half woes because, I mean, if there's one thing you could point to with this team, it's offense comes out and Sark is just firing on all cylinders. It's looking creative. There's motions. There's misdirections. Guys are wide open. We scored on our first three drives, 21 points, three touchdowns on our first three drives. And then in the second half, it gets kind of stale. And from what I see, like, it seems like Sark may not trust Quinn or whether it's Quinn, whether it's O-line in the second half to you know make the right decisions he, he just didn't want to fuck it up basically no interceptions that give them short field to let them come back quicker because they threw we threw nine passes in the second half whereas texas threw 21 in the first half so obviously you know you throw the ball a lot less you're 
Yeah, yeah. You throw the ball a lot less, you're going to have a less chance at making huge, long, explosive plays to get yourself into the position to score a lot of points. So, at the end of the day, I'm not really mad with Bijan getting 30 carries, but for this offense to operate at its optimum and at its highest level, we have to be able to throw the ball. Like, that, to beat these the, teams, the we're going to have to be able to there. throw the ball. Um, we just need to, like, I think it's 50-50. Like I've said weeks past with the receivers not running the right routes or not looking at the right time, and Quinn just overthrowing some of these balls. He's throwing it like he's throwing to Tyreek Hill every time. And I realize Xavier Worthy is really fast, but he's not great at judging the ball in the air. We've seen that. He doesn't have great hands either, so you got to put it right on him for him, for him to make a play. Uh, Jatavion Sanders, he's one of those guys I think we need to take more advantage of going downfield. I like the way we've worked him into the screen games with tight end screens and these short little crossing routes uh, in the middle of the field. But, hey, let's run him. Let's put him out wide and run him down the field and see what he can do. Kind of like what we did with Colin Johnson and little Jordan Humphrey with Sam Ellinger back in the day. Take more of those back shoulder chances instead of throwing these streaking routes in the middle of the field where the only place where you know you're not going to get picked off is putting it way out in front of him. You know, because Quinn, I, I would way rather, I'd way rather have him overthrowing these balls than underthrowing them and then getting picked off. Would you all agree? Yeah, Which we I, haven't really seen this year. Yeah, that's what he's been doing, hitting the yeah, overthrows, yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. safe. I mean, that's better he, than underthrow. He yeah. always plays it safe. Yeah. But he does take – But and you know who else plays it safe? Hudson Card. But he takes way – he looks longer at his big play options than Hudson Card ever has. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but another thing I would say is that we've, we've like, gone deep on first down too much. Yeah, like, I don't like that like either. Starting drives with I a think, deep pass. I think it's like, we, we almost always start the game with a deep pass, too. And I think it's just because teams are keying on Bijan so much, especially at the beginning of the game, that Sark, being the innovative play caller he is, is trying to catch teams off guard. And a lot of the times, there are wide open guys on those early first down routes. We're just missing. You them. just got to hit them, yeah. yeah. Or he doesn't look to his running back out of the backfield. or Yeah. yeah I mean, a young quarterback guy. So he still is, hasn't played a. A half a year of football. I don't think he played a. Yeah, I don't think he played a bad game. I think in the second half, Sark took it out of his hands. Like they called nine passes Which, in the second half. That's fine. You yeah, know, we won the game. I Kansas State. Will Howard this week, the back quarterback said, uh, if Can Kansas State, Andrew Martinez were going down the field to try to tie that game, they said they were going to go for two. So, I was thinking that in my head. I was like, God damn, Kansas State's about to go down, score, go for two. We're gonna have 15 seconds left. This is happens way too often. But this is the second time this year that this team has proven to us Texas fans that they do have the ability to close out a game. Whether it's and it wasn't pretty, it'll make you sweat. It wasn't pretty against Iowa State, but they got it done. And in the years past, that's a game they totally would have lost. Yeah, and both games in on a game-saving fumble recovery. Um, you know, on what you know could have been considered a game-winning drive had it been converted, or at least a game-tying drive. Um, so, yeah, uh, huge step up. I thought the defense um, you know, played great in the first half. Um, obviously, uh, you know, they were just tired out there as far as time of possession was concerned in the second half. and uh, Still haven't um, still haven't had a 100-yard rusher in the Big 12 against them. The only team to do it was um, Alabama, and it's just because they had that one guy with the 80-yard like run. run. Yeah, the they held Deuce Vaughn to like 70 yards. 75 on, yards. Yeah, yeah, like three and a half it, attempts. It felt like a lot more than 75 yards. I think it was just because of those passes he was catching on the backfield. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering. I saw that open, and I didn't know what the fuck happened. Uh, the I'm going to go deal with that. You'll, I'll continue. There, there's animals roaming around the studio. Uh, so, hey, we escaped Manhattan with the win. Um, you know, that was a... I think Kansas State was, what, ranked 15? That was a top 15 win. Uh, huge, huge win. Uh, we needed it. Uh, yeah, as for, as for this TCU game, uh, night game, college game day, all that stuff, Max Dugan coming in as a uh, Heisman candidate. Uh, they're number four in the CF, the college football playoff rankings. Um, so they're looking, you know, they're, they're thinking national championship, where they just have these next three games. I know it's Texas, Baylor, and one of their team. They got to beat uh, to be in a Big 12 championship, obviously. Uh, and they got a good running back in Keandre Miller, 112 yards per game, rushing, 12 total touchdowns. Um, and we're favored by, favored by a full score, but I like having Gary Patterson. Uh, I like being back at home, um, all the things. I think we will be coached up and ready to play this game. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the Horns this week. What about y'all? So do I. I'm never going to pick against them. But I do feel confident, uh, like you said, with Gary Patterson being their coach for 21 years previous to this year. Um, Max Duggan, he didn't play well against us last year, but in years past has somehow had his best games against Texas. This game being at night, at home, college game day, you know, the fans, they'll come out for the hype. They might not come out for that, that 6 p.m. West Virginia game every year, but they'll come out for a top five matchup at night at DKR. So and I, I and think I, it's a dub. Yeah, and I think our defense, with the way they've defended the run this year, the way they've been able to get after the passer as well, I think, uh, you know, you have every right to expect a victory in this game. Hey, before we move on, how about Colton Vosick flipping from the seniors yes, to, to the right. horns yesterday? That was, that was awesome. A local product here in Austin out of Westlake, Colton Vosick. I played for his dad. He's my D-line coach at Westlake. he's a legacy guy. What was he ever doing committing Yeah, to he played for Bucky. Team. He played for Bucky uh, back in the day. Man. Um, but... Yeah, he, he attended, he said that he attended the, the Texas OU game this year, and that's kind of when he was like, oh my What a game that was. It was fun. But yeah, so that's that's nice. We also have a few other, Jaden Greyhouse will be at this game too, in Notre Dame command out of Westlake. Uh, Anthony Hill, the number one linebacker in the nation, or in the state, recently decommitted from AM. A lot of uh, people have him as the best defensive player as a whole in the state. Yeah, we need we need to get him. Uh, I think he's always it's always been between A and M and Texas. So unless he goes back to A and M, one would assume he's coming. That would be huge. So I think a big win would would uh, do a lot for us in that in that regard. Uh, I think a few other guys, you know, a Notre Dame safety. It's a big recruiting weekend. You know, like like we saw that video I sent y'all from the Alabama game when they had like a hundred kids it's on, on our the TikTok. Yeah. yeah, no, it's crazy. I expect to see something like that. Uh, hey, ha- popping up on the TV screen, you know, one of our first big breaks, the Brittany Griner story. I think she got sent to the gulag today, Shay. You want to update the people on that? Have you, have you yeah. been re- reading that? Uh, it, was a, it was referred to as a penal colony, uh, and I heard she's been sentenced to hard labor. A penal? Uh, hard labor. Are you serious? Hard labor in a penal colony. They don't know where she. They don't know where she's getting sent. I mean, they kind of they keep that kind of stuff secret. They look. They took one look at her and they said, "Hey, you'll be real good at breaking rocks up here in wow. Siberia." Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, real quick, real quick, just to get y'all's uh, opinion on the matter. We had some other huge games last week. Tennessee beat Georgia. LSU beat Alabama in overtime. Clemson got knocked off by Notre Dame. Uh, college football polls come out this week. It goes Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. Assuming one of those Big Ten schools gets knocked, uh, you know, 
Y'all agree with those polls? Got anything to say about them? Yeah, I think it's a lot better than last week. I think TCU should have been in the top four over Clemson from the start. Um, I definitely I knew they were going to be in there this week just because of the you know, all these polls are. They could really just come out with one poll at the end of the year. All these polls are, are meant to do is prop up TV matchups. And Texas, that's probably why Texas is 18, a little bit higher than one would expect a three-loss team to be. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's cool. Uh, Ohio State and Michigan, one of those teams is going to lose at the end of the year, so they'll be knocked out by de facto loss in the Big Ten, which is a weaker conference than usual this year. I think it's going to end up being uh, two SEC teams, whether that's LSU in Georgia or Tennessee in Georgia. I think Alabama, you know, we can never count them out, but with two losses at this point and three, three other, well, I guess Ole Miss only has one loss too, the four other SEC teams with a single loss. And, uh, three and LSU, who has two, but they lost. Two. They so, don't control their own no, path uh, to the SEC championship game, which I think is the really only way they would they would be able to get into the playoff is a knockoff of a well, Georgia. I mean, think about Tennessee and Georgia. They're both in the SEC East. If Tennessee, if Tennessee wins out, Georgia wins out. Tennessee, a one-loss team, being right there, I could easily see them be on that fourth spot, especially if there's not an undefeated Big 12 team, if there's not a undefeated, or do you think they would get in over a one-loss uh, Clemson ACC champion? I think I think that Michigan and Ohio State both have a chance to get in. Nah. Because they're 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 clearly, when I watch them play, they're they're better than those SEC teams. Uh, are you serious? Did yes. Did you watch Ohio State last week? What happened? They yeah. won 21-7 I mean, against yeah. Northwestern. What, what's wrong with that? That's like a D2 team. Georgia was losing to Missouri at halftime. That's well, Missouri's not terrible. Missouri has <laughs> Missouri's been. Don't to, be one of these SEC guys. No, Missouri. Bro. Do not do Missouri this. has been to three SEC championship games in the last ten years. Yeah, well, that means nothing because this year they have all new players. Well, so you know they they have like five wins. They have they have like one last win than we do. I think that <laughs> I think they both have a chance to get in if they if they're if one is undefeated and one is one loss you're gonna put two lost teams in ahead of one of them. No, but they're not gonna put. It depends on how that game goes. I'll just yeah. say that it, if if it's a close game, then potentially. But it's so late in the season. Yeah, like you're that, not that, that you're you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna put a one loss Big Twelve or ACC okay. champion over a a team that didn't play in a, a championship game. I'll, has one I'll say this. If Michigan loses, they're fucking out. If Ohio State loses, they could maybe get in. Yeah, I could see if Michigan won, I could see Michigan losing to Illinois in the fucking Big Ten. Have you watched Illinois play this year? They have one no. loss. They could, I, Illinois, Illinois, me. Illinois can make it. I think they just got their second loss last week. Did they? Who they lose to? Oh, no. I'm not sure, but I think they lost their second game. Man. I was looking at that. Old Brett Bilma? I was looking at it because somebody... Uh, I, I'm looking at it. Yeah, yeah. Somebody was talking about it on the radio and I, I, that, that they ran the table, and of course, if they well, ran the table, that's old Bucky. That's Bucky Godwold's. Uh, that was his squad with McAvick before they came to Texas. They had a uh, uh, what's his fucking name? The guy they compared to Quinn Ears, George, uh, jo- uh, Jeff George, Jeff George. Yeah. Nah. Well, uh, all right. Hey, uh, pretty much. Do you have anything to say about the polls? Well, we also wanted to say about the polls. Yeah, pretty much. Just the last thing is, if you know Alabama, 
can play Georgia, and then they both – one loses and one gets in. I think Michigan and Ohio State could do the same thing. But we can have that debate at another time. Yeah, because Alabama's really got, what, a two-point conversion loss in overtime against LSU. Well, I think Alabama's goal, done. A field goal loss against Tennessee. I mean, Alabama could still be the best fucking team. Those are both road losses. Could still be the best team in all the land. We just don't really know. They just don't play great on the road, i.e. the Longhorn game. But, hey. Uh, Their defense, too, is eh. Yeah. I mean, people were, people on the radio are Illinois, freaking out about Illinois Alabama. lost to Michigan State last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, Do, hey. Should uh, we give our picks real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get our picks out. Uh, one more thing. Uh, Texas Longhorn basketball started this week. Uh, they actually play tomorrow uh, against, I think, Houston Baptist. But they beat UTEP 72-57. First game at the Moody Center. First real game that mattered. I was there. Don't really like the Moody Center, y'all. Uh, you know, we can expand on that later, but I'm not too excited about that. We should, going we should do a little a little TED Talk on that at some point this week. You know? we'll, get a, we'll get a video where we can talk about the, the pro. Because I, I haven't been yet, but from what I've heard, it's people like it. What, what is the it's a nice uh, venue? It's just not a great basketball venue. Is it, what, is it more of like an entertainment no, venue that, to more you? for concerts. That's, yeah. that's what the Frank Irwin Center was. That's why they made the Moody Center to make it more basketball oriented. Because it's way less seats. I heard it was loud as well, fuck, Well, they close though. a shit ton of the yes, seats. Yes, they do that on purpose. Which is bullshit. <laughs> Dude, have you ever been to a game at the Frank Irwin Center where it's full? Yeah? When no. Like Kansas? Nope. It had it literally hadn't sold out ever. Is Texas basketball as good as they're gonna, they say we are? Like, are we going to be good? No. It's, it's Texas basketball. We look really poor against you. It's Texas basketball. Sad face. They'll be good. They'll be good enough to get second round the tournament. We've got this guy named Serge Jabari Rice. Yeah, from New Mexico State. He's a beast. Um, yeah, I didn't really watch much of that game. Like, we, we played, we, yeah, like, like Sir is in like a knighted yes. person from yeah. the Middle Evil Times. Yeah. Sir is um, in the first name. We play Gonzaga <laughs> next week. I saw those tickets are going for like 400 bucks. So we probably won't make it, but well, I'll definitely watch that game. We'll, we'll give an update then. Uh, but how do we do in our picks last week, Shay? Do you got those? Yeah, I got them right here. Uh, it looks like I think I went, well, I went uh, three and two. Ty, you went two and three. Corey, you went three and two. So, you know, um, another disappointing week for you, Ty. Uh, <laughs> and mediocrity for me. I, I, you know, and uh, Corey, I'm three and two. The two weeks you picked. So, you know, um, yeah, it can all, all change. Well, Nobody's well, had a five and zero oh week yet. That's really all that matters. Yeah, That's yeah. hard. Four and one or five and zero. Oh five is, and zero oh is pretty hard. Yeah. But, I, I would be happy with y'all's three and two. We'll we'll get the percentages to y'all next week. And we'll, you know, I'm definitely I'm definitely in third place last night. Corey didn't have, doesn't have as many picks, but higher percentage. And Shay has done pretty well in the past three weeks. So, uh, I'll get my first pick. Um, hey, I like LSU minus three at Arkansas this week. Uh, you know, they come off two big wins. A lot of the money is going on Arkansas for some reason. There's some quarterback controversy in in Little Rock. Uh, what's that? What's that? The, the big guy's name? KJ Jefferson. Yeah, supposedly he's. I haven't watched much Arkansas football this year, but they. I think they lost to Liberty last week. Um, they had high expectations after last year, you know, beating Texas and doing pretty well in the SEC, but they're not doing well this year. So I got LSU minus three. I've also got that LSU minus three. I'm not gonna like hold out, you know, suspense. I've just also got that on my board of top picks. You can take it too. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've got it written down. You know, just not gonna you know i'm just, just yeah, throwing yeah. that out there i've, I've <laughs> got lsu minus three as well all right so my first pick i'm gonna go seattle thursday night game plus three against tampa bay i just like seattle i'm gonna ride with gino and uh, it's usually against what i usually do because on thursday night games i like the home team but i'm just not impressed with tampa bay whatsoever and i think seattle's much better offensively so yeah i'm gonna take seattle plus three 
All right. Uh, Ty, you want to give another one? Or you want me to give an original one? So you're, you're taking LSU minus three? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll give another one then. I got Mississippi State plus 16 and a half playing at home against Georgia on Saturday night. Uh, you know, they, they didn't look – they ended up beating Auburn last week, right? Yes, they won in, I think, overtime. Yeah, they Auburn came back. They were up big early. Auburn's trash. Mississippi State, you know, Mike Leach, he's a week-to-week guy, but usually for these big games, he gets his guys ready to play. So I expect that. I don't expect them to win, but I expect that to be a two-score game. All right. I'm taking the Jaguars plus nine and a half this week. Uh, I think they're playing the Chiefs, uh, if I am not mistaken, and I often am. Chiefs, uh, yep. Yeah, uh, you know, that's a road game, right, against the Chiefs? Yes, uh, you know, in nine, Arrowhead. Nine and a half. I just think the Jaguars have been, you know, I think they can put up some points. I don't think. You know, it's the NFL, man. They've had a decent year. I think the Chiefs, you know, uh, didn't look great against the, Col- the Titans last week, and um, I think they're vulnerable. To, uh, at least nine and a half points vulnerable. Yeah, so I'm going to take Miami minus three and a half at home uh, against Cleveland. Um, I just think that the way Tua and that offense is moving right now, they put up 35 points last week. Granted, the Bears are probably one of the worst defenses in the league, but I'm going to take Miami to cover that number. All right, Ty, pick number three. I got Seattle plus three at Tampa. Um, We all watched that Tampa team play last week. Tom Brady, this offense, can't run the ball. He's thrown the ball 50, 60 times a game. They won last week off some Tom Brady magic, but I think Geno Smith and that Seattle offense is going to score too many points um, for Tampa and Brady to have a chance. All right, I'm taking the Giants, minus five at home against the Texans. Sure. I'm going to be the one to do it. Give me Dallas minus five at Lambeau Field, uh, especially with Aaron Rodgers being a little banged up, and they just don't have the weapons to move the ball on us. Aaron Jones is banged up. Aaron Rodgers is banged up. Dallas is going to cover the five and win the game. Okay, I got Chicago minus three uh, playing at home against Detroit at 12 o'clock on Sunday. Hey, man, Detroit beat Green Bay last week coming off a emotional high at home. The fighting Dan Campbell's, you know, they're, 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 sorry, I restarted the song, but they're, there's some fighters, but I, I don't think they're going to be able to stop Justin Fields and this, you know, revamped Bears team that has showed some juice on offense the past, the past two weeks. All right. I'm taking USC minus 34 and a half against Colorado. Uh, I don't think Colorado is any good this year. I think USC can put up some points. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to go Chargers Sunday night football plus seven at San Francisco. Granted, they're no Mike Williams, banged up Keenan Allen, but that's just too many points in the National Football League for a team with Justin Herbert and playing against Jimmy Garoppolo, who is not really a high-flying quarterback who's going to go out there and put up a bunch of points most weeks. So give me uh, the Chargers plus seven. Cool. Uh, so this is my fifth, so my over-under. Yeah. Uh, I got under 43 points in the Packers got uh, we talked about that earlier. I that works against my pick of minus five, but go ahead. Yeah. Uh, why? why? Well, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean it won't hit, but, uh, you know, that means the Packers would have to score like 10, 13 points for the under to hit and us still cover five. 
What? Because of math? Well, we could just score a touchdown and they could score no points and the, the, they could both hit. I mean, yeah, we could score. It could be a hey, seven hey, point hey, Corey, total. Corey, look, it's all all right because I'm taking the over in that game. <laughs> okay, thanks. So we can ride Thanks, together. man. Let's ride, bro. Okay, well, yeah, I, it's going to be cold. I don't think there's going to be many points. All right, Corey. Give me, I'm looking for, it's the Ohio State, uh, Indiana over. I, I forget the exact number I'm looking for right now. I think it's 57, though. Give me that. Where is it? It's 57. I remember Ohio State. I see. I got 58 and a half. That's cool. Give it to me. Ohio State scoring. Ohio State scoring 50, and Indiana will get a touchdown to field goal to, to, to get over. Okay, cool. Well, guys, I think that's it for today. Um, good show. A big game this week. For the for the Texas Longhorns and, a, and you know big game for the Cowboys as well you know seven two could be going into week ten as one of the top contenders in the NFL but uh, make sure to follow us on uh, Instagram at Lone Star Lowdown at uh, or Twitter at Lone Star LD TikTok the Lone Star Lowdown hey man what was our video this week About, uh, the uh, Kansas goalpost guy we lost the goalpost shit happened shit happened hey, we're about at we got the other one. We'll be at 10K yeah, in the no, next yeah. day or been, two. Been making moves. We're going to make sure to get this video out to Jacob Standard. Uh, been, you know, helping us out a lot recently with some ideas and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's it for me. Y'all got anything else? No. Uh, shout out, Corey, for being on top of the fantasy pool, fantasy football league this late into the year. Oh, yeah. We haven't talked about that as much as. I'm, I'm in the cellar, I think. Three and yeah, you six. you've really been disappointed. I've year. had a bad year. He ja- he, he's one of the, he's a casualty of the Jonathan Taylor season, man. Yeah. Like a lot of people have yeah, felt you, that we, pain. We thought that when Dodge picked uh, Joe Mixon first, just randomly for no reason at all, that and Shea got gifted Jonathan Taylor at number two, that it would be a a steal. See, but you never know, man. Thirtieth in the NFL in rushing this year, the Colts are um, not doing too hot, but. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us. I'm Ty Henderson. That's Shay Holt. Corey Gidry. And we are the Lone Star Lowdown. Hook him.